Welcome back to Table Talk, the show about challenging your faith and answering the hard questions in Christianity. I'm Clay, your host, and I can't wait to see what God has in store. All right, listeners, welcome back to Table Talk with Clay. Uh, tonight we'll be finishing up um, our our transition series. Again, I wanted to take a take a moment and just um, ask you guys to continue to keep our first responders and uh, those both at risk and those impacted by coronavirus in your thoughts and in your prayers. Um, we're we're not over it yet, but uh, there's there's always light at the end of the tunnel, and we're getting there. I think that God's power is evident in times like these, and uh, as we'll see tonight, I think that there's a lot of a lot of triumph in times of transition. And with that, I think it brings us into uh, the title of tonight's episode, which is the triumphs of transition. So I want to start off with a question. All right, I want to ask you, what is your motive? For Christianity. Why, why did you choose Christ when everything in life tells you that it's it's not the right choice? It It's not, you know, it doesn't make sense. Um, obviously, um, you know, as a Christian, right, following Christ doesn't necessarily make life easier. In a lot of aspects, it makes it more difficult. And don't get me wrong, I think that obviously it does make life easier, but it isn't you know, persecution is a very real thing, and it's not easy to stay consistent with God. It would be so much easier if if we would choose just to, you know, live with the world, live like the world, and not care. So why did you choose to follow Christ? Why do you choose Christianity? And I think so often we're told about the the promise of what Christianity is, right? Through Christianity, I will receive... Uh, eternal life. Through Christianity, I receive a personal relationship with Christ. But what we don't hear about is the process that Christianity involves, right? We, we seek the promises, and we see those promises, but we forget about the process by which we get there, right? And, and then when we don't see the promises in our lives, what happens is we get discouraged. We don't think that God's working in our lives, um, and what we fail to realize is most of all is that those that he calls, he he tends to crush the most, right? C.S. Lewis is quoted as saying, hardships prepare ordinary people for an extraordinary destiny, right? And, you know, if you haven't read C.S. Lewis's books, I strongly encourage you to read, um, start off by reading Mere Christianity. It's it's a bit of a handful, but I think it's really, really concrete stuff for for making your faith make more sense and for justifying your faith. But, uh, you know, when, when God is crushing us in that process, you know, we're fulfilling the promises that God calls us to. In 2 Kings uh, chapter 13, verses 14 through 19, there's a story, right? And it talks about Elisha the prophet and how he's dying. And uh, as a final lesson, and as a prophecy, Elisha is telling King Josiah to fire an arrow, right? He's, he's instructed to fire this arrow out of a window. And uh, he, he instructs the king, this is King Josiah, to shoot all of his quiver at the ground. And uh, I want you guys to obviously take some time and read through that story. 
But uh, just to kind of sum it up, what happens is Josiah only fires three of the arrows out of his quiver. He doesn't fire all of them. And, and Elisha's purpose behind that uh, was was to determine, you know, how Josiah would defeat the enemies of Israel at the time. But, you know, Josiah only shoots three. And so Elisha's like, hey, you're only going to defeat your enemies three times now. I told you to fire your whole quiver, but you only shot three. And, and this is a great image of what God is asking us to do, right? He, he isn't asking you to go and shoot part of your quiver. He wants you to shoot all of it, right? He just wants you to trust him in the process. Think about, and, and uh, this, this imagery in particular comes from uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes. Uh, this was actually on a sermon uh, from Elevation Church. So I strongly recommend that you go listen to it because he's probably going to do a better job than me of explaining this one. But the process of pulling back, if you think about a bow and an arrow, the process of pulling back the string of a bow, that, that is a preparation for the promise of its destiny, right? As it aims at the target, the process is the pulling back. And, and, and the farther that that bow is, is pulled back, the farther that the shot is going gonna, is gonna to travel, right? And, and that's a perfect analogy for what God does in our life, right? He, he pulls us back. Uh, he, he, he pulls us right? A lot. And he puts a lot of weight on that bow. But you know what happens? That that bow, that bow string, it never breaks, right? God never takes us to the point of, of breaking in that process. He never takes us to the point of, you know, snapping uh, because he's always there and he provides you with the tools and he walks with you through the process to reach the promise that he has for you. Now, if you've ever shot a bow, you, you obviously have to trust that that bow is going to be able to withstand the weight that you're putting on it. Similarly, we have to put faith in God and trust that he is going to do with us in his process what an archer may do with a bow. And looking at another illustration, again, from T.D. Jake's book, um, he, he actually wrote uh, a book recently that just came out. I think its title is Crushing. Um, but he talks about a, a baby bird that's still in the nest, a, a fledging a fledgling, excuse me. Um, and, and he talks about how the mother bird, you know, it's going to provide for that baby bird in the first, you know, a few weeks of its life. But at a certain time, uh, the mother bird pushes the baby out of the nest in order to give it the opportunity to grow, right? And I, I'm sure some of you have seen some of the internet videos with uh, the baby birds not quite making it to flight. And those are super sad. But the mother bird doesn't do that out of cruelty, right? She doesn't force the the baby bird off of food because she wants it to die she she pushes the baby out of the nest because she wants it to grow because she wants it to fly and to soar by by crushing the baby she allows it to soar and you know obviously there are some bad parts with this illustration i don't think god will ever let us um fail to the point of death but you know if king josiah would have just realized what elisha wanted him uh, to do and had shot all of his arrows, how much more would God have multiplied the blessings that he had, right? All he had to do was fire all of them. And we look again and we see Luke chapter 9 verses 12 through 17. And this is talking about um, where Jesus was preaching, right? And, and the boy came to him with just bread and fish. And, and what did Jesus do? He, he multiplied that, but before he did that, he crushed the bread and the fish. Before he multiplied it, he crushed it. And by taking those pieces, God created 
you know, he, he creates someone who not only can rely on him, but can reach out to others. And I think that's a point that we, we so often gloss over, right? We go through things that suck in life, and it happens. But by going through the things that are really rough in life, we're now able and we're equipped with not only the know-how, but the tools to engage with people who go through similar things. Because I'm uh, of the belief that it's really hard to engage with people who have gone through something that you don't share an experience with. It's not impossible, right? But I think that when you have a shared experience, it's so much more powerful when you engage with people. And, And think about another thing, right? Grapes, right? When are they at their best? Again, another T.D. Jake's... um. Another one of his comparisons, right? When are grapes at their best? When they are crushed, right? When they're wine. That, that's when, you know, especially in biblical times, that's when grapes were at their finest. Christ is the image of God's crushing. The cross, the most recognizable symbol of, of Christianity in the world, is the proof that we are our best when we are being crushed. You know, the, the cross symbolizes that Christ's promise has been fulfilled by his death and by his blood. It proves that as his body was crushed, we as, as Gentiles were able to be, um, were able to receive eternal life. You know, that's what transition is all about. It's about the process. God will give you exactly what you need, exactly when you need it. You know, think about, uh, this is a great college, um, a college comparison, right? Think about all the rough drafts we had to do, or if you're out of college, think about all the rough drafts you had to do um, during assignments, right? During long papers. The reason you had to go through the process of all those rough drafts to get to a final paper is because of refinement. You know, why do we cook our food? Uh, Because if we don't cook our food, if we don't go through the process of cooking, we run the risk of getting really sick from, uh, from, from foodborne illnesses. If God is crushing you and, and you're focusing on him and, and going with him along that path, then you are progressing towards the promises that he has for you, right? Think back to that bow analogy. If you are in the trajectory of the arrow, if you're the arrow and you're flying through the air and you're headed towards the target, then you're progressing towards the promise, which in this case is the target, but you're, you're progressing towards the promises God has for you. And your reward for that progress, a lot of times in your life, it is going to be more crushing. Why? Uh, again, it goes back to what I was saying prior to this. We're at our best when we're being crushed. Think back to Luke 9, uh, verses 23 and 26. Does taking up your cross daily mean more of uh, of seeing what God and following God really means, right? Think about your transition right now. You know, um, I, I think it's important to start a prayer journal, and I had my, my group here start prayer journals. Think about um, when you're writing in your prayer journal, the triumphs uh, of your spiritual journey so far. Every single person that you interact with day to day, whether it's in quarantine, whether it's in your day to day life, whether it's in your family, is someone that God has brought into your life to have an impact on. Whether you realize it or not, every single day you have an impact on those people. Before God puts you 
into the world to reach it, right? Before God is going to put you into full-time ministry, before God is going to put you in positions to outreach to people, he has to crush you so that he can prepare you to interact with those people, right? There's not a single way to heal apart from Christ. The crushing of life is inevitable. It's going to happen. Bad things will happen in life. And I'm not saying that, uh, that, that crushing just comes from God and that God is all about crushing his people. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is life is going to happen. But if you have Christ, that is the only way to heal. And you know what? Crushing, crushing is just a stage. It isn't your destination. There's so much more that God calls you to in life. And, and, and through him, those things can be realized. But without him, they're impossible. So that's going to wrap up season one of the show. I'd love to hear back from you guys. Uh, so my contact information for reaching out, uh, just go to C-Burkholder. Burkholder is spelled B-U-R-K-H-O-L-D-E-R at O-N-U dot E-D-U. Hit me up with some of your feedback, your thoughts, maybe things that you'd like to cover, um, and, and any notes that you have for this show. I'd love to make season two even bigger and even better. Um, I know we have a small following so far, but I, I'm always in the business of, of getting, uh, getting more people to hear the great news that Christ has to offer. Hopefully after quarantine ends, we can start getting um, co-hosts back on. We can start doing interviews again and and digging into those really interesting topics. So I apologize that you guys have just been stuck with me for a while. I know it's a little awkward. I know it's a little different. Um, but I promise as soon as we can, we'll get back to like the normal um, business of, of what's going on. But just a little encouragement as far as, you know, getting back to normality goes. Just remember that every single event that happened in the Bible, uh, of all of those events, not a single one of them was normal. Right, and, and although our normal may be interrupted, Christ never called us to live normal lives anyways. So take this time, um, use it to really get closer to God. Learn more about him and, and build your relationship there. Uh, until next time, this is Clay, and thanks for joining us again on tonight's episode. Thanks for listening. I hope that you feel encouraged and challenged by today's message. And, as always, we can't wait to see you back here next week.